0: Welcome to the Clear to Close podcast with our hosts, local mortgage expert, Ryan Bolton and Carson Jones, owner of Team Honey with Red Rock Real Estate. Ryan and Carson have the questions and answers, tips and tricks, do's and don'ts and expert guests to help explain all the steps needed to buy or sell real estate. And now it's time for the Clear to Close
1: podcast. Hey everyone, Ryan here with Carson. I thought today would be kind of fun to look at some clips on YouTube and just do some little comments. You see that's kind of floating around a lot more often where people are just kind of commenting on other people's videos. But I found a couple things that I thought were pretty interesting, and Carson hasn't seen these, so I've... Uh, send them to our producer over here, Freddie Mac, who's helps us with the show. And we're gonna go through those and he's just gonna see them and just respond to them. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Let's go to clip number one. Let's watch it and then we'll comment after.
2: So a lot of you are thinking that the real estate market is gonna crash. Let's talk about that. So everyone's freaking out because they think that because interest rates are going up, that people are no longer buying properties. Today's statistics show that there are still a shortage of homes on the market, meaning that there are more buyers on the market than properties available. Interest rates are up, yes, but that just means there were 100 buyers last year competing for a property. This year, there's only 50. In order for there to be a crash in the market, people have to be giving their keys back to the bank. There has to be an excess supply of property on the market. That's a crash. That's not what's happening. <laughs> it's true. So, uh, That's not what's happening. I, I
1: mean, my first my first take on this is letting go of the steering wheel, driving down the road. I thought that was kind of the one thing. You see the, you know, the houses in the background, as she's like rattling off stats looking this way. <laughs> but uh, what, what's kind of your first impressions with what she's saying there?
2: I, I mean, she's right in terms of that saying what's happening and not happening i mean we are not in the same situation that we were in in 2008 2009 uh i will tell you right now that sometimes you're going to see agents saying something completely separate than than what's actually happening just to drive sales right Mm -hmm. and some agents and some lenders uh lenders especially sometimes they could be uh, telling people, "Oh, it's it's not all that bad. Everything's fine. So, this is the perfect time for you to buy a house, right?" And then some people, it's a great time. Other other people it's not a great time. And so I I would just make sure everybody realizes that there's certain people who bought in 2020 2021 when the interest rates were down in the low 3s or less that don't need to sell a house right now because they they're saying, "Hey, I've got this great interest rate. I'm going to keep it for the next 7 8 years until prices are really, really high again. With that said, there's a lot of people that were trying to buy in 2000, 2001 or so that couldn't buy because prices were so high. Even though interest rates were low, prices were so high. Now, even though the prices have come down slightly, they still can't buy because now interest rates are high. So... It kind of weighs both ways, but you do have to, to to really weigh your own personal options on where the market's at.
1: Well, I think it comes down to this too. Is there better times to buy than other times? Yes, but we're always, we're going to be in sales. So we're going to be a little more rose color. We're going to be drinking our own Kool-Aid, but homeowners win in the long run. Now, maybe you're not going to see the rapid appreciation. Maybe you're going to see a payment that is more expensive than it would have been on the same house a couple of years ago. But if you ask anybody, if they regretted buying a home, the percentage is extremely low, even after 08, even after all these types of things, because if they know it's a longer-term investment, it's not designed to be a quick fix, flip, sell in six months and double the price of it. That's not sustainable. It never is. But it's something where if you're buying now and rates are higher and rates go down, you benefit. If you buy it now and all of a sudden rates go down and inventories are way out of whack and prices go up even more, you gain appreciation. So you're only in a good position to try to buy on low when you can. But realize it's a a home. It's a housing payment. It's a long-term investment, not designed to be this quick crypto or quick thing where you're just going to sell it in six months.
2: the only time you're going to hear somebody kind of regret buying a house, say, oh, they had a great job and now they're buying a house for $900,000. The only time they're going to say they regret that is, okay, now they just lost their job Mm. or now they're in a completely different situation income level, maybe they've gotten a divorce, maybe something else has happened and now they really can't afford that, that's the only time you're really gonna hear somebody say they regretted buying real estate is if a major life event happens that just changes everything in your life, uh, especially financially.
1: Sure, absolutely. And usually there's other events that lead to why you don't like the house. But the house standing by itself and the payment, the stability of the payment, the customization, the ownership, there's just so many more things that come from it. But now maybe it's not as good of time as it has been, yeah. but I still don't think it's don't buy. You have a lot of people. Oh, don't buy. It's going to be this huge major crash and you're just not seeing it. So let's go to a couple of slides. Let's jump on to the next slide. I think this one really hit home for slide me. Slide so. or video? Video. Sorry. Video. Sorry. Video. Yes. Video two. Homes are going to go back to the bank. Oh, we go. We're going to see a huge <laughs> spike in people returning back to renting. And that 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 bubble, that size of bursting will probably take five to seven years to clean up. And that house that someone paid $600,000 for, I'll get it from the bank for probably $200,000, So, this one... That's a hot take. That is a hot take. There's a couple things. Now, five to seven years, sure. After 08, there was about three years of kind of fixing after 08. Depending on the market, There's some areas that were hit harder than others. But to say that the banks are going to all of a sudden have this huge wave of foreclosures, yeah, from six
2: hundred to two hundred, it makes no sense. I mean, if you're
1: going to yeah. wait, if you're out there and you're a millennial or you're somebody that's watching the TikToks and you're getting fed with all the stuff about not buying a house and waiting for this crash because you're waiting for a house to go from six to two, yeah,
2: you're going to be you're waiting ever for, for a long. Yeah, I <laughs> there's mean, a hot take for you. <laughs> I mean, it really is going to take a significant war within the United States or some sort of event that is nearing the end of humanity or maybe the the U.S. dollar has completely collapsed in order for for prices to drop that low. Um, I I mean, one thing about renting, sure, if you're saying the rental market is going to increase, it's always increased. You know, I mean, it's always gone up. It's never, we've never seen the rental uh, market suddenly drop through the floor. With that said, that's going to go up If you're renting a house right now for $2,000, and if what he's saying, okay, now you're going to have to rent that house for $3,000, okay, why would the housing prices drop? So Mm -hmm. it's exactly the opposite of what he's saying. If the housing prices are going to drop because the rental prices went up, then, I mean, every single person would buy a house because they're going right. to be able to it spend increases far less demand, money for the house. It yeah,
1: increases demand even more at a time when inventory is already still low. Right. So if you have anything that changes the supply or demand more in any direction, it's going to move. And right now, supplies are really low. What's it going to take to build up supplies? Builders got to build more. Well, they're yeah. not building more until rates drop. If rates drop, all of a sudden they start building more and all of a sudden more buyers show up, more investors show up, more people start to show up. Yeah, The supply and demand is really what's going to drive this way more than interest rates. The yeah. idea was to slow down the supply chains a little bit, let them catch up by yeah. raising rates to kind of slow things down, which it has, but it also didn't add new inventory onto the market like it was supposed to because the sellers were like, wait a minute, I'm going from Three to four percent to eight, and I'm going from three hundred thousand what I owe on my current house, jumping up to six. So I'm going up both ways. Yeah. So until we start seeing rates even into that five range, you'll start seeing some sellers say, "Okay, now it's worth the upgrade because I need a bigger room, a house. Right. I want to go out, you know, some other upgrade." Or they can now rent the home they're in because rents have gone up to yeah. so where now they can go and move on to the next house. So I really thought that that was. I mean, even during the worst housing correction we've ever seen in U.S. history, we never saw stuff go from 6 to 2. No. I mean, that's such a—I mean, maybe it's hyperbole, but I'm telling you what, as soon as it gets from 6 to even 5, that house is gone. People are
2: going to buy it. And the only way that I see that happening is if we were seeing interest rates— 15 to 20% hmm. to, to have that significant. But even then you're going to see
1: inventory also restricting even further if yeah. if your interest rates go yeah. to that particular point. So that's why I think that if you're waiting for this big wave of foreclosures, if you're waiting for this big housing crisis, because way too much inventory gets added, we could double our inventory, almost triple it in some markets and still not have enough inventory. Yeah. Agreed. So, and because a lot of that's already been baked into those interest rates. So I thought that was a, I think that's, it's just a wrong take on it. I really do. Now, having Pretty how soon. much time it's going to take to get back to whatever is kind of normal or maybe even seen rates, it's going to take some time to be able to work it out because we're not adding enough inventory, but not because rates are at 8%. So. All
2: right, Freddie Mac, let's uh, let's report that guy on TikTok because um, we disagree <laughs> with his opinions. And then we'll uh, we'll make some let's we'll, jump we'll to leave video some number three mean comments them, yeah. for
3: him. All right, you guys want housing market predictions for 2024? I got two words for you. Sideways market. What does that mean for you? Let me explain. The first point we're gonna look at is low levels of inventory, which means it's still technically a seller's market, as much as that's hard to believe. Takeaway number two, high mortgage rates are still gonna destroy demand for home buyers, putting them on the sidelines. Remember, these people still want to buy, they just can't afford it. And as soon as any affordability returns to the market, they're coming back in, so that's pent up demand. Which leads to takeaway number three, if rates drop in 2024 like we think they are, how much is uncertain? Then we could see a huge spike in sales because sellers are going to come off the sidelines just like buyers are.
1: Yeah, this is the main question real, everyone real wants right to there. know.
3: Will home?
1: So that, I think he's got a good take there. I think that's yeah, one no, of the better takes. I,
2: I don't disagree with a lot of what he says there. I mean, he's uh, he's really talking a, a lot about what happens over this next year, of course. And a lot of people are assuming, okay, our rates going to drop? A lot of people look at the election year as well coming up, say, okay, are they just going to drop the drop these uh, rates a whole bunch so they could say, oh, look how much we dropped the the rates. And now can you reelect us? Right. So uh, you you get that. But at the same time, how much and how much is actually going to make that big of a difference? Right. But he was also right about, yes, it's going to make buyers want to buy more, but it will make sellers want to buy more or sell more as well, because there's a lot of sellers I talk to right now that say, I don't want to sell my house because the rates are just too are are too high. Uh, With that said, if those rates drop now that the price of their home goes up too. So there's a lot of sellers waiting a little bit and there's a lot of buyers waiting a little bit. So yes, buyers might be paying more, but they want to get that lower interest rate, which we've talked about a few times, which it's still better to buy now than refinance when it drops because it's going to be a cheaper price right now. Uh, But overall, I'd say that was pretty accurate. I think so too. And I
1: think, I think he, sideways market, locked in pricing. I think you're going to see a lot of that through 2014. Election years are always a little bit of uncertainty. And you can see the the, the Fed isn't going to raise rates or dis- raise rates based on which political party is trying to push one way or the other. It's a lot more based on the economic data that's going to be coming through. But there's just going to be a lot of wait and see everywhere. Yeah. Businesses are going to wait and see what's going to happen with the election. It always happens. Every time there's an election, especially one that's as, as, as divided as this one's going to be, there's just going to be wait and see. Everybody's yeah. just going to be waiting and seeing. But this is an opportunity, if you can buy in a Afford it now, it only gets better as you own that home because it's something where the, the price is going to go up or rates would drop maybe in 2025, something like that that will get you in even a better position there. Yeah. Now, maybe your buying buying powers less, absolutely, than it, than it was maybe a few years ago. But it is something where if you can afford, find out what your payment you can afford, go find a home that fits that category and then turn that one into a rental home in two or three years and upgrade or, or from that point. But he really, I like how he said it. Both buyers and sellers are a little on the sidelines. If one of those starts to turn, you're going to see people rushing in. You're going to see sales really jump up because there is this pent-up demand. There's a lot of buyers that want to buy a home. There's a lot of sellers that want to sell their house. They're just all saying, we're just going to wait it out. Yeah. If anything starts to change, especially an indication of rates or inventory starts to come in line, I think you're going to see a real big jump in in activity, which then just hurts our supply. And I think that's why 2024 is such a crucial year. If it does slow down demand to put more and more people on wait and see, it's going to allow the inventory to catch up and get a little bit more healthy because once this thing turns back on, it's going to be gangbustered. Every mortgage company I've talked to has been losing money for the last year, knowing that, it's gonna turn on. It's gonna yeah. turn back on. Yeah. It's just a matter of when it's gonna turn back on because it's such a massive supply and demand issue right now where we still have more, more buyers than homes, even with the rates the way they are. If rates get better, there'll be more buyers, but we won't be able to improve the inventory situation. Yeah. So let's jump let's go to another video. What do we got next?
2: some people are waiting around for a housing market crash to buy but you know that's not likely because you follow me vivian your rich bff your favorite wall street girl you can break it down The housing market crashed in 2008, largely due to irresponsibly issued mortgages to buyers with questionable credit worthiness. But things are different now. First and foremost, today's homeowners are much more dependable. It was much easier to get a mortgage back then. But mortgages issued to borrowers with sub-620 credit scores has dropped dramatically over the past 20 years, meaning current owners are way less likely to default on their loans and lose their homes. That means no sudden surplus of
1: So I think she nails another point there, too, is that the, because of 08, they got rid of a lot of the loans that were causing some of the problems before. Mm. So now you have a little bit quali- a little higher quality borrower, you got a little bit more money down, you got more perceived equity. I mean, ask any homeowner that's owned a home in the last five years, are you upside down? There's not gonna be mm. one in the cut now maybe in the country there's going to be some, obviously I'm trying to, but back in o. a way it was everybody. Everybody yeah. seemed like they were upside down. The advertising, Just like we're seeing this This whole idea of crash in the news, o. a way it was every, everybody's upside down. Everybody's upside down their homes. And as rates went down, it was more motivation for them just to leave because they could replace their home without money down with the better payment. You're not seeing that situation now. To replace the home they have now, they can't because either there's not enough inventory, interest rates are higher, or the price is higher. So existing home buyers aren't gonna let go of their houses. They're right. just not going to. Because even if the value does drop 10%, they gained 50% over the last 10 years. So even if you do see a little correction on the top end, you're still gonna be much more likely not to see this wave of foreclosures. Even if you start seeing it, there's there's a notice of default first. That's 90 days before it can even go into foreclosure. So NODs, notice of defaults, have to increase before you even get to foreclosure. Mm. They're still record low. There's not all of a sudden a huge wave of the notice of default before you even get into default. I don't know a single bank that's sitting on a bunch of inventory right now. They can sell it. Yeah. They can sell it or rent it, like we've talked about before, where they can just keep it and rent it. Because they only owe 300000 on that house that will rent for five grand, right? because right. it's worth 600000 or something like that. So I, I like what she's kind of saying there that this idea that we're going to have a crash because of defaults is just
2: not based in reality. So one of my questions from, from what she said, uh, which might be a question for you is she was talking about how it's become harder to, to get a loan and to get approved for a loan. And we know that that's true, especially since 28, uh, uh, 2008, 2009, we know that it's a totally different ball game there. However, uh, say from a buyer's perspective, would a, a buyer might be thinking hey wouldn't lenders want to make it a little bit easier now for me to get a loan because they're going to get this huge interest rate so is it something where maybe we could expect maybe it becomes easier for people to get loans again just because interest rates are going up banks are like yeah we'll take that extra that extra money
1: that's a great that's a great question because after before 08 it was really wild wild west you fogged a mirror you got a home loan They the governments actually come in with a lot of things that restrict even be able to have some of those programs come back. But that doesn't mean the capitalists won't figure out a way to use what's on the books and say, okay, how do we find a way either around that or there's just enough gray area where we can get some of these programs to start coming back and we're making less money and interest rates are higher and they're hedged higher. So we are making a little bit more on each one of these loans than we were before, but we're doing far less loans and when defaults are so low the industry even says hey if you got such a low default rate maybe your guidelines are too strict you're maybe saying no to somebody that you should be able to say yes to to take on some of that risk especially when you're spreading that risk out over thousands of loans you know if you only have one default out of a thousand how many did you say no to in that book mm-hmm. of business so I think there is some pressure, definitely, for mortgage companies to make money, stay viable, and to be able to offer programs to help people that really do want to buy. But you're not going to see an 08 type of lax guidelines, because right. there's a lot of things that were just built out of that, right. that you're not going to fee- see fully stated. The one thing you're not going to see, I think, is probably the big thing, is no money downs without those, credit, those higher credit standards. Because that's probably the biggest thing, is when you have some skin in the game, you're more likely to make that payment. Whether it's a car loan, a mortgage, whatever it is, if you have to take five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand that you're putting into the home. Plus it's worth more than that. It's harder to walk away. It just is. That's why housing has always been a better investment forever, yeah. all the way up till 2008, where we never thought we'd see that kind of correction at all. But a lot of it had to do with money down, skin in the game. and A lot of the regulation, a lot of the way that the landscape is now, I don't think we're going to see that part of it uh, work itself out.
2: Well, thanks, Vivian. The
3: Rich real estate. Baby. BFF. I think that's it
1: what she call. BFF, I think is what she said.
3: What's the
2: next video we've got?
3: <laughs> Even though the interest rates have gone up, there still is a dramatic inventory shortage mm-hmm. in real estate in almost every city. In order for prices of anything to come down, supply-demand curves have to shift, mm-hmm. meaning <laughs> that the supply has to be much higher than the demand. But when there is the opposite, a shortage versus a glut in the market, when there's a shortage, prices go up. So if you want to cause the prices on something to go up, make it scarce. Make it be a shortage. I mean, there is a shortage of real yeah, estate. Yeah. And so the the opposite of prices tanking, everybody's, oh, it's all going to go away. It's all going right to be another bright. And we kept saying, no, it's not. It's not going to bust. It's not going to bust. We said it is going to slow down. down. And we said, if you're going to sell a house, you're going to have to actually clean it up. Mm. Good. So
2: you and I play a lot of golf, right? A couple, about a month ago, there was a huge fire at a golf ball factory. I can't remember where it was, Indonesia or something like that. Huge uh, uh, fire. The price of a lot of these golf balls went up quite a bit, actually, just after that fire, because I think I saw that that place was producing like, 30 some percent right. of all the golf right. balls in the world. Right. right. There's one thing. Uh, people like golf and people suck at golf, okay? Those are two they things that, golf balls. That, that are not going to change. People will always be really bad at golf and people are always going to need golf balls. People are always going to need a place to live. And that's one thing that unfortunately a lot of people want to not believe and want to make some things up saying, "Oh, well, everything's going to explode," okay? So everybody's just going to everybody's going to live on the street. Nobody's going to have a place to live. People are going to need a place to live, and they're either going to pay some ridiculous price for rent, or they're going to figure out a way to actually get into a mortgage or to buy cash with a home.
1: And and I would say, too, the the longest time people would say, what is my payment? Like, I'll ask you right now. Everybody out there that has a car payment, what's your interest rate? You don't know, but you know what your payment is, even your mortgage rate. Now, for the longest time, people didn't know their interest rate. They knew their payment. I paid $2,500 a month. Yeah. I don't even know where it all goes. That's it. I know some of it's insurance, I know some of it's taxes. I I just make my payment. I
2: usually call you and I say, hey, do I have to pay my property taxes? Is that part of it? (laughs) Yeah. So so it's
1: something where you get to the point where that really is what you need to find out. What's in your budget? What can you afford? And then go find a home that fits that budget. Now, maybe it's not as much as it used to be. Maybe there's not even anything available in that price range, which is definitely an affordability thing that's always going to be an issue when owning a home. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to own a home in their lifetime, but we make it as as best to buy a home in any country in the world. All the provisions, the down payment, the financing, the guidelines, there's so many things about America that wants to get you into a home. It's better yeah. for the economy. It's better for the communities you serve and live in. You're less likely to miss work when you're in a house. You're less likely to be as moving around. Your job, you don't move as much. There's a lot of stats that show mm-hmm. how important it is to be a homeowner versus renting, but it is something where-
2: Well, and it's so much better for the economy also because- look how much money you put into your own home through the, through the rest of the your your community right? right you don't put that much money into a home that you're renting right right so it is something where
1: I really, I think you're going to win in the long run and you say, okay, what's my payment? Because that's really what you're going to have to pay. That's what you have to be ready to make and service and all that kind of stuff, regardless of what the interest rate is. Then if rates do dip, you'll do what everybody did in 2020, refi, like everybody else did. If it didn't, you're already in the lowest possible payment you can for your housing expense. And everybody sits there and talks about, oh, 8% is such a horrible rate. How much is rent? How much interest rate is rent? Yeah. I saw reports 110%. Yeah. Because not only is it 100% going to somebody else's mortgage, but it's also the appreciation, the tax benefits, all the things you lose out on by not being a homeowner. Right. So, It is something where you just have to be more realistic. You have to go in and figure out, okay, this is what I can do, or what can I do within my budget to free up some more money? Maybe that's putting less money down and getting rid of other debts. Maybe it's something where you just have to say, okay, for the next six months, we're going to do these things to try to afford a home. But I I tell you, people keep waiting, and they usually wait themselves right out of the market, just like they did this year. If you were waiting when rates were 3%, now they're 8 how much longer do you have to wait? Where if you would have been able to do it before, maybe just have to do a cheaper home, Maybe you have to be a little further, got to commute a little bit further. Yeah. I, I, I think it's well worth it. It is a true long-term investment, one of the best that you can make, and it's one where you don't have to
2: come up with 100% of the money to buy the house like you would in other investments, like a stock or something like that. So, And like always, I mean, worst case scenario, marry rich. Marry somebody who's already got a house for you. You did that, right? Yeah, Of course. Oh, of course, of yeah. course, absolutely. Well, Why else would I be together? That's true. All right, let's go
1: <laughs> one more clip here. Uh, let's skip that one i think we're running close let's do this one that
2: interest rates just hit a 23 year high and you know what that's doing it's pushing more buyers onto the sideline and they're going to wait it out let me tell you something the days of the 2 or 3% interest rates are never going to come again. Forget about that. But they will come down. And you want to stay in the market, and I'm going to tell you why. The minute they drop and come to anything with a 5 in front of it, the whole world's going to jump back in the market. There's going to be no houses around, and prices are going to go up by 10% or even 15%. So don't get out of the market. This is the very best time to buy a house because everybody's scared. Barbara must be a realtor. I think she is. I yep. think she is.
1: Yeah, now, I mean, I mean, that, to say that the very best time, uh, obviously, that's a little hyperbole. Yeah,
0: of
2: but I,
1: oft, I often tell people the best time to buy a house is right now. It
2: is. It is, and and uh, it's always going to change depending on your situation, right? But if you can get yourself into a situation to buy a home, this is the best time to buy a home, right? If uh, if you're in a situation where um, you already own a house. You don't really need to buy a place, but you can afford to buy a place. Buy a place, right? Uh, it, it's not. It's not ever a bad time to own property. It is. It, it is one of those things where sometimes people push a little bit too hard when they can't really afford it. Uh, so once you get into the into the financial situation where you're ready, it's it's time and it's it's a good time. I agree, and it's something where I, I, the
1: saying is the best time to buy a home was six months ago. The next best time is now. I've always used that because it's something where everybody always seems to look back. Oh, I should have bought this at that time. Oh, I had a chance to buy this or rates were that. Or th- you always, most times than not, you missed out on something. So timing it perfectly is so incredibly hard where almost everybody that now owns a home is glad they owned a home. It's yeah. very rare that you're going to have a situation unless there's something else going on with their job or divorce. Or, I mean, there's always going to be reasons why things go wrong in, in, in life. But it's something where more often than not, people are glad they own a home. Ask anybody, yeah. especially right now, that how glad they are owning a home because of the pride of it, the, the appreciation, and more importantly, the locked-in fixed payment. They don't have to worry about the rent going up every single month. They can own a pet. They can own... You know, a garage, they have more space. I mean, there's just something about owning a home that you're just not going to get from rent. And another way to prove that, how many people own a home, go back to renting? It's very few, mm. unless it's forced to, or maybe relocating to a new area. There's always going to be exceptions to any rule, but it is something where I think you'll be ahead of the ball game. It might take a little more time to be ahead with the prices and interest rates now, but over the long run, homeowners win in the yeah. long run every single time. It's so rare. Now, maybe it takes longer than other times, but they always win.
2: Well, we like doing this. We might find some more videos to, uh, to do a little review on. And thanks yeah, so much you, for watching.
1: If you see any videos, tag them or post them down here. Maybe we'll do comments on videos that you see out there on TikTok. See you next time.
0: This has been a Clear to Close podcast with Ryan Bolton and Carson Jones. Please submit your comments, questions, and topics for future episodes to cleartoclosepod at gmail.com. That's clear, the number two, closepod at gmail.com. Or findmyhomeutah.com or ryanbolton.com. Please like, follow, and share. And until next time, this is the Clear to Close podcast. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect those of Patriot Home Mortgage or Team Honey with Red Rock Real Estate. License number NMLS 299717.